It's your main man Tyler here with the Around the Bases podcast. Welcome to week seven. Glad we can make it this far in the season, so let's get started, shall we? A big question I had about from this past weekend was what is wrong with Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State, which I'll cover this in the re uh, the recap of week six later, lost to Wichita State on Thursday, and then lost to Kansas City on Friday. Something just didn't seem right with the program. They were able to recover with two wins on Saturday, but I think the upcoming schedule allows them opportunities to make me forget just how bad they played on Thursday and Friday, but, you know, it's up to Oklahoma State to figure out their uh, problems and work on them. I mean, you can't make Oklahoma City in the Women's College World Series right now, so it's all about improving the team and getting better with each weekend and week, um... So, I think Oklahoma's first step is going to come tonight, and I'll talk about that in the schedule for the next week, but um, I, I think Oklahoma State's got some things that they need to figure out as Big 12 play begins this weekend for them, so we'll see how they play, um, but right now I think they have some issues that they need to address what they are specifically, I'm not sure, but they have some things to work on moving forward. Some news, uh, Bailey Dowling, uh, incredible player for Alabama, is out for the season with a torn ACL and MCL. Um, this is a big loss, of obviously. Um, she was having such a great season for Alabama. Uh, but Alabama's talented enough to be able to pick up the slack and, you know, still do very well. But I think this loss is still going to be felt in some form. I don't think it's going to hurt them much overall in the grand scheme of things. Because um, Alabama's just too talented. I mean, they're ranked third and second in poll in some poll national polls for a reason so they they have the talent to be able to make up for that absence and I fully expect them to be able to continue to play at a high level even without her in the lineup um so we'll just have to see how Alabama responds to this some you know some some teams it gets down an uh, injury like this or a you know a player is out Pe uh, teams can let that get to them I don't see that happening here with Alabama I think they'll be fine but it's just something to monitor as we move forward I mean Alabama's got a pretty pretty tough matchup this weekend but we'll talk about <laughs> we'll, we'll speak on that further in the uh, schedule for the week ahead. But anyway, let's move on to some standings. The SEC, Arkansas, or I guess I'll start at the back. 
Mississippi State was is last in the SEC at 0-6. With their uh, potent offense, you wouldn't expect them to be so low on the totem pole. Um, but there they are at 0-6. What are you going to do? <laughs> their schedule doesn't get easier. Um from the week ahead so uh, again I'll mention that later in the schedule for the week uh, but Auburn and South Carolina are tied for 11th at 0-3 they didn't play in the SEC this weekend so therefore they stayed at 0-3 uh, Kentucky Texas A&M and Missouri all tied for 8th at 1-2 Tennessee is seventh at two and four. Um, Ole Miss is sixth at three and three after starting three and zero. Oh, Ole Miss got swept by Arkansas, who I will mention in the recap of the week later. Uh, Georgia's fifth at two and one. LSU is fourth at four and two. Alabama and Florida are tied for second at 5-1. and one. And a little bit of a shocker, but Arkansas leads the SEC at 6-0, and oh, having beaten um, Ole Miss this past weekend and who did the oh God, um, South Carolina the weekend before. Um, and those aren't, uh, you know, those aren't slouch teams either, so... Arkansas is certainly having quite the season so far, so kudos to them. I hope they can continue that moving forward. <clears throat> Big Ten didn't play this week so, as they were played in Florida last week, so um, the Big Ten is back this week and we'll have some of their series featured in the schedule for the week ahead, so stay tuned for that. ACC standings, Boston College is last in the ACC at 1-4. and four. They didn't play this weekend in conference. Georgia Tech is 12th at 4-14. Four and 14. Virginia is 11th at 4-13. Four and, thir uh, and thirteen. Syracuse is 10th at 2-6. Pitt is 9th at 4-9. Louisville is 8th at 3-6. and six. Notre Dame is 7th at 6-6. Six and six. NC State is 6th at 10-8. Florida State is still 5th at 4-2. North Carolina is 4th at 6-3. Virginia Tech is 3rd at 10-4. Clemson is 2nd at 12-2. And, and Duke is still leading the ACC at 12-1. And... One. and we have some an absolutely hot, prolific matchup that I will speak on in the schedule ahead at the end of the show, so stick with me. Pac-12 standings since the Pac-12 opened up play last week. Arizona State and Utah are tied for last in the Pac-12 at 0-3, having get swept in their series. Now, the Pac-12 is playing four-game series this year but only three of them count towards the conference standings. 
a little confusing, I know, but that's how the Pac-12 is playing it this year, so just stick with us on that one. Uh, let's see, Arizona is 7th at 0-2, and, and we'll get to why they only played two games this weekend, but uh, it's still a shock to me that they're 0-2. Stanford didn't play in the Pac-12 this week, so they're 6th at 0-0. Cal is 5th at 1 and 2. Oregon State is 4th at 2 and 1. Washington is 3rd at 2 and 0. Oh. And Oregon and UCLA lead the Pac-12 at 3 and 0 oh, getting sweeps. So, those are your standings heading into the next week. Um, obviously we'll update them. Um, the Big 12 starts play this week, so we'll update Big 12 standings um, and highlight some other conference standings and other highlights from other conferences, you know, just so it's not about the Power 5. I'm just sticking with the Power 5 for now because those are the big ones that are actually playing some conference games. Although I know the Sun Belt is doing theirs, but... Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. So let's get to the stats as of Monday night. Linda Rush of Drexel leads the nation in homers per game with one homer per game. Jocelyn Alo of Oklahoma is second with .86. Tiara Jennings of Oklahoma third at .64. Braxton Burnside of Arkansas fourth at .6. And Kinsey Hansen of Oklahoma is 5th at .59. Linda Rush also leads the nation in RBIs per game at 3.5. Jocelyn Alo 4th with 2.23. Tiara Jennings 5th, 1.82. Shannon Sale of Oklahoma is the only major conference pitcher with a 0 ERA and 10 appearances in the circle. Rachel Garcia of UCLA leads the nation in strikeouts per seven innings with 14.3. Alex Storacco of Michigan is second with 14.3 as well. Courtney Coppersmith of UMBC is third in the nation with 13.3. Georgina Cork of, U of South Florida is fourth with 13.2. And Janie Washington of North Texas is fifth with 13.2. Mary Half of Arkansas leads the nation in victories with 14. Gabby Plain of Washington is second with 13. Valerie Cagle of Clemson and Liana Johnson of Troy are tied for third in the nation with 12. Linda Rush also leads the nation in slugging percentage at 1.824. Jocelyn Alo is second with 1.484. Tiara Jennings third uh, with a 1.208, and Kinsey Hansen is fourth with a 1.172. Jocelyn Alo leads the nation in home runs with 19, Braxton Burnside second with 15, Sammy Williams of Iowa State third with, or, oh, nope, sorry, wrong one. Uh, Tiari Jennings is third in the nation in home runs with 14, and Kinsey Hansen and Sammy Williams of Iowa State are tied for fourth with 13 home runs. Jocelyn Alo also leads the nation in RBIs with 49. 
Tiara Jennings second with 40. Sammy Williams third with 38. Cassidy Crouppet of South Carolina is fourth with 37. And Maddie Hackbarth of Arizona State is fifth with 35. Peyton Gottschall of Bowling Green is leading the nation in shutouts with six. Valerie Cagle, Haley Dosini, Dolcini of Fresno State, Gabby Plain, and Keely Rochard of Virginia Tech are all tied for second with five shutouts. Rachel Garcia leads the nation in strikeout to walk ratio with 16.33. Alex Duraco, second in the nation, 14.5. Sydney Sickles of Illinois is third in the nation, 13.5. And Megan Faramo of UCLA is fifth with 12.86. Peyton Gottschall and Gabby Plain are tied, lead, tied for the lead in the nation in strikeouts with 165. Liana, Liana Johnson is third with 157. Olivia Lackey of South Alabama is fourth with 130. Those are your individual stat leaders. Let's move on to team stat leaders. Oklahoma leads the nation in batting average .4, uh, yeah, .470. Drexel is second in the nation with a .416. Texas is third with a .383, and UCLA is fourth with a .371. Binghamton leads the nation in ERA with a .58. Illinois is second with a .84. Michigan is third with a .93. Northwestern fourth with a .93. And Florida is fifth with exactly one ERA. <clears throat> Wisconsin leads the nation in fielding percentage at .992. Arizona's third with a .989. Washington fourth, .986. And Oklahoma's fifth with a .984. Oklahoma leads the nation in homers per game at 3.5. James Madison is second with 2.44. Arkansas is third with 2.15. And Arizona State is fourth with 2.13. Drexel leads the nation in scoring at 12.5 runs per game. Oklahoma is second at 12.14 runs per game. James Madison is third in the nation at 8.56 runs per game. Kentucky is fourth in the nation, 8.36 runs per game. And Texas is fifth at 8.09 runs per game. Oklahoma leads the nation in slugging percentage with a .926. Drexel is second in the nation, .708. James Madison third with a .702. UCLA's fourth with a .678. And Arizona State is fifth with a .672. There's four undefeated teams left in Division I. Oklahoma played 22 games. James Madison has played nine. Drexel has played six, and Binghamton, who's only played two games this season. Michigan leads the nation in strikeout-to-walk ratio with 8.72. Alabama second in the nation at 8.27. North Carolina third in the nation, 7.69.
Oregon is fourth in the nation, 7.04. UCLA is fifth in the nation, 6.42. Southern Illinois leads the nation in walks with 123. Texas A&M second at 111. And Arkansas and Southern Mississippi are tied for fourth in the nation with 100 walks this season. And that'll do it for your stat leaders. Um, basically, a lot of Oklahoma, a lot of Drexel so far. Um, Drexel's numbers, I'm, sh are, I'm sure, are going to come down once they stop playing mediocre opponents. And... I know you just played on the schedule that you're that you make, but I'm just saying their weak schedule is allowing them to lead a lot of categories. So, not trying to start any beef with my old CAA rival, but I'm just saying that's not to take anything away from Linda Rush or Christy DeMio over at Drexel either. Those two are very high-powered players so that's not taking away from them that's just I'm extremely down on their schedule or strength of schedule but that's a topic for another day once RPI rankings come out and everything about that so we'll see once those RPI rankings come out notable games canceled postponed uh, North Dakota State at Missouri and Alabama at UAB were canceled um, last week on Wednesday due to weather. Florida State at, UN, at North Carolina was postponed due to COVID protocols within North Carolina. Florida State was able to travel to Auburn. Excuse me, North Carolina was supposed to travel to Florida State. Um, but Florida State was able to make a weekend out of it still by traveling to Auburn and getting four games, two apiece with Kennesaw State and Auburn. Um, so at least they were still able to play this weekend. Arizona at Washington had two games uh, canceled because of rain. So that's why Arizona and Washington only have two back 12 games right now. Um, that was unfortunate because I really thought Arizona would be able to fight back in that series, but we never got the opportunity to see it. So um, LN... For this upcoming week, LSU at South Alabama has been canceled due to rain. That was an interesting matchup I was looking forward to, but unfortunately, we're not going to get to see it, and that's a loss for me. Alright, so all that having been said, let's look at the recap of week six. <clears throat> Rebecca Koski hit a three-run walk-off homer to give North Florida the upset over Central Florida 9-7 in Game 1 of their doubleheader. Central Florida responded with a 9-1 six-inning win which in Game 2, which split the doubleheader. North Florida's sneaky, um, certainly, and they proved that by taking down Central Florida. Um... Texas took the first game with Louisiana, four to uh, four to nothing, and then Louisiana held off Texas to split the doubleheader with a ten to nine win in an offensive slugfest. Um, Louisiana's been looking very vulnerable lately. Um, 
and Texas nearly handed them a doubleheader sweep, which not would not have looked good for Louisiana moving towards the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm pretty sure any uh, team, any regional host, if we do do that, should be very wary of that matchup with Louisiana. Um, but Louisiana was lucky to walk out of uh, Austin, Texas with a, a doubleheader split. So, Wichita State got to Logan Sheminick with five runs in the first, and they rolled to a 9-2 win over Oklahoma State. I mentioned it earlier, um, what was wrong with Oklahoma State. Um, <clears throat> Wichita State is a very good team. <clears throat> And they've got a series this upcoming week that I'm highlighting, and um, Wichita State should very well be considered a threat to Central Florida, in my opinion. <clears throat> Based on what I've seen from them, they are they're legit. They can pose some problems come postseason time. Let me I'm gonna be the first to say that right here. <clears throat> Mackenzie Herzog threw a no-hitter in a 5-1 win over McNeese State for Texas A&M. Haley Busby had two homers and five RBIs in Oklahoma State's 11-2 win, five-inning win over UTSA. Missouri took the series opener at Georgia 6-1. <coughs> Mary Half shut down Ole Miss's offense in a 5-1 win for Arkansas to open their series. Kinsey Goals homer is the difference in Florida's 1-0 win over Mississippi State to open that series. Texas went down 2-0 to New Mexico in the first inning, fought back for a 5-3 win with two more games against New Mexico on Saturday which they both won those. Um, Tennessee came back to take down Alabama in a series opener, 4-3. to three. But This was a very surprising result for me. I didn't... i pretty sure I flat out said Alabama was going to sweep Tennessee at home. And then what does Tennessee do? They come out on Friday and take the series lead over Alabama beginning the win in a comeback fashion so I'm impressed with Tennessee's resolve there um and they have another chance um this week uh, I believe uh they're not playing an SEC series this weekend but they have a couple games in the next week that are very important games that they need to win and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Oklahoma absolutely smashed Team Mexico on Friday, 11 to nothing, to open their three-game series over the weekend. Um, I mentioned it. Uh, Kansas City held on to pick up a massive upset over Oklahoma State in their six-to-five victory. Uh, this was Kansas City's first ever win over a ranked opponent. So shout out to the Kansas City Roos for getting those, uh, getting that win and giving your program some uh, spotlight in the national scene, which is well earned after that victory. So congrats to you guys. 
Clemson used four runs in the 11th inning to take down Louisville 4-0 in their series opener. Aaliyah Jordan hit a walk-off double to lift UCLA over Arizona State 2-1 in their opener. Oregon took down Utah to open their series 5-2. Gabby Plain fired 16 strikeouts to lead Washington past Arizona 2-1 in their opener. Alyssa Dalton had two homers and five RBIs in Louisiana's 9-6 win over UT Arlington on Friday. Mariah Mazone threw a no-hitter in a 6-0 win for Oregon State over Cal in their opener. And then Clemson got a run in the top of the 7th to take the 2-0 series lead on Louisville with a 2-1 win in Game 1 on Saturday. Later, Clemson... Uh, guaranteed a series win with a 6-1 to victory in Game 2. Ariana Adams threw a no-hitter in tw- uh, Texas's 12-0 five-inning win over New Mexico in their first game of the doubleheader on Saturday. There was nothing significant about the second game. Texas just won that game as well, so Texas swept that three-game series. Tiari Jennings hit a walk-off single to lead Oklahoma over Team Mexico 2-1, taking at least the series win. And she hit it off of uh, former Arizona great Danielle O'Toole as well, so the freshman stepping up against the national team. Even if it is Mexico, which is one of the lesser national teams, at least in the Olympics, I believe. I'm... I think they're in the Olympics. I could be wrong about that. Um, but still, Oklahoma taking a series win against Team Mexico is very impressive. And that's why they're the number, the basically unanimous number one in the nation right now. But anyway, uh, Pitt took down Virginia Tech in the game in their first game on Saturday, 5-3, to three, which even the series that won a piece. Keely Rochard didn't pitch that first game. Uh, but then Keely Rochard had 19 strikeouts in Virginia Tech's 5 to nothing win in Game 2 to take back the series lead. James Madison might have found a budding ace in the circle as Alyssa Humphrey tossed 10 Ks or 10 strikeouts in their win over East Carolina 9-1 in six innings. Um, They also hit four home runs in that game. Um, You know, uh, Odyssey Alexander didn't pitch this weekend. She's still dealing with an injury of some some type, if I'm not mistaken. But Alyssa Humphrey has stepped into the role and looked fantastic um and it's not super weak competition george washington is the atlantic 10 favorite they're having a good season um stony brook the america east favorite they're not they're a decent team for their conference especially rhode island was a complete pushover I'm not going to deny that, but East Carolina is not necessarily a slouch team either. So Alyssa Humphrey is putting up some very good numbers and she didn't even win pitcher of the week in the CAA this week. Um, uh, James Madison's other pitcher, 
uh, Alexis Bermudez won Pitcher of the Week. So, even without Odyssey Alexander pitching in the circle, and they were without Kate Gordon on Sunday um, in the lineup, you know, this team is still getting the job done in convincing fashion. Now, we'll see if they can keep that up in the conference as they travel to Elon this weekend. Um, Elon is the biggest threat in the South Division to James Madison for me. Um, so we'll see if they can keep it up and stay undefeated. Giselle Tapia had a home run and five RBIs in Duke's 11-0 five-inning win over Syracuse in Game 1. And then Caroline Jacobson's two homers and five RBIs led Duke to a 7-3 win over Syracuse in Game 2, thus clinching the series win. Dayton kept Kentucky close but couldn't pull the upset 3-1 in a 3-1 loss in Game 1. Dayton produced the exact same result in Game 2 in a 3-1 loss to Kentucky. So maybe Dayton's better than I thought, or maybe Kentucky just overestimated Dayton's abilities. Either way, Dayton kept them close, and that's respectable enough. After getting crushed by Florida State in the, uh, on Saturday morning, Kennesaw State pulled the upset over Auburn with two solo homers by Taylor Cates to get the win 2 to nothing. Eight runs over two innings sunk Central Florida in a 9-1 five-inning loss to South Carolina in Game 1. South Carolina went on to take Game 2 4-2, thus ensuring the series win over Central Florida. Daniel Gibson hit a walk-off homer in Arkansas's 3-2 eight-inning win over Ole Miss to guarantee the series win. Gio Rodoni uh, struck out 10, but it wasn't enough as Houston took down Baylor 3-1. Bailey Hemphill hit a home run and had three RBIs in Alabama 7-1 win over Tennessee, which evened their series. Summer Ellison had an off night as UT Arlington evened the series with Louisiana in an 8-3 win. Florida shut down Mississippi State again in a 10-0 win, which guaranteed them a series win. Uh, UCLA hit four home runs in route to a 6-1 win over Arizona State to guarantee at least a series split. And then UCLA guaranteed a series win with a 4-0 win over Arizona State in Game 2. Florida State exploded to beat Auburn 10-1 in 5 innings. Texas Tech fell to UTEP 9-8, then fell to Tarleton State 11-9. So once again, Texas Tech is having some problems, um, and they need to get those fixed quickly. Cheyenne Factor and Sidney Pennington home runs lift Oklahoma State past Wichita State 5-2. And then Oklahoma State hit five home runs to avenge their loss to Kansas City in a 13-0 five-inning win. I'm sorry if I pronounced this name, but Sona Halajian's two-run homer is the difference in Cal's 2-0 win over Oregon State. Um... 
And then Frankie Hamude's two homers, three RBIs led Oregon State to a 6-2 win over Cal to take the series lead. Rachel Sid's walk-off homer lifts Oregon over Utah 7-6. Brooke Yanez shut down Utah in 3-0 win to guarantee the series W or series win. Georgia had three players with three plus RBI or three or more RBIs in a surprising 14 to 10 win over Missouri, which even the series. Um, the only reason it was surprising is I didn't expect it to be that big of an offensive slugfest, but you know everyone's prone to have those kind of games. No matter how great your pitching might be, there's always those kind of games. So that was one of them. Mackenzie Herzog shut down LSU in 2-1 win for Texas A&M to open their series. Florida State took down Kennesaw State 3-2 to open Sunday. Keeley Rochard fired another 19 strikeouts to lead Virginia Tech to 2-0 win over Pitt to take the series 3-1. Florida swept Mississippi State with an 8-0 5-inning win. Valerie Cagle's two home runs and four RBIs led Clemson to sweep of Louisville in 4-2 win. Sierra Bryan's two-run homer in the top of the seventh helped Louisiana avoid a potential series loss to UT Arlington with a 4-2 win. Which, if Louisiana had lost that series, I think that would have been extremely detrimental to them, no matter how good they are. But they were able to get those series win, and everything at least looks fine at the moment. So we'll see if Louisiana keeps struggling as they enter more of a sunbelt schedule. Um, we'll see if these struggles continue or if they fix them. Uh, let's see. A throwing, a throwing error by Kimberly Wirt gave Georgia the walk-off win to take the series with Missouri 8-7. Sydney Cox's two-run double lifts Auburn past Florida State to make up for a horrible Saturday for Auburn. Alabama took down Tennessee 3-0 to win the series. Alyssa Avalos gets the walk-off for Baylor in a 2-1 win over Houston to split their two-game series over the weekend, which was also surprising. Um, I mean, Houston had came into that two-game series having beaten ranked opponents in consecutive games. So, I mean, Baylor <coughs> Baylor's one of those teams that just doesn't look like they've got it right now whatever it may be, but um, they just don't look like they have it, and I, I just don't know how to in interpret their chances in the postseason yet, so hopefully Big 12 play will give me a much better look at their chances. Central Florida explodes to avoid the sweep with South Carolina in a 10-4 win. I knew South Carolina wasn't going to sweep Central Florida because Central Florida's too good for that. Um, but still, I thought Central Florida could have walked away with a series win. But, you know, South Carolina proved me wrong on their home field. So, 
kudos to the Gamecocks for getting that series win. That was a very important series for them. Because, one, that's a ranked series outside of SEC play. So that's important non-conference right there. Uh, Oregon State took down uh, took the series with Cal 3-1 thanks to a 4-3 win on Sunday. Bailey Klingler hit a two-run walk-off home run to down Arizona 4-2 in a game that started on Saturday. And it was a two-game sweep for Washington, as I mentioned, as two games were canceled due to rain. Uh, Keeley Huffine hits a walk-off home run in the eighth to give Arkansas the sweep of Ole Miss in 3-2 win. Oregon gets the sweep of Utah in a 5-2 win. A home run and six RBIs from Maya Brady helped power uh, UCLA to the sweep of Arizona State in a 9-0 five-inning win. Auburn plays another close game with Kennesaw State, but this time they got the win 4-3. And uh, LSU even the series with a 6-1 win over Texas A&M on Sunday. Then on Monday, four runs in the bottom of the fifth led LSU to the series win over Texas A&M in a 4-1 to one win. So LSU was able to avoid a series loss to Texas A&M, which would have been detrimental for them. Um, so, uh, good jo- it's a good thing the Tigers, because they could have slipped very far in the polls if they had lost that game on Monday night. Um, but it is what it is. And we'll move on. That was your recap of week six. Here are your notable games for the week ahead, week seven. On Wednesday, today, Kentucky plays at Western Kentucky. I want to see if the Hilltoppers can push Kentucky to the limit on their home field. Um, Supposedly, this is the Conference USA favorite preseason favorite. I want to see if they can look like a mid-major team that can take down a Kentucky-type team. Virginia at Virginia Tech, uh, they're playing, this game was the one that got rescheduled, so they're playing today. I don't expect Virginia to win, especially on Virginia Tech's field, um, but it's something to watch. Stanford at BYU is a very intriguing West Coast game, even though BYU doesn't have the greatest record. Um, Since BYU is hosting Stanford, I am very intrigued to see if BYU can get that big win against Stanford. Florida at Central Florida, another huge matchup. Um, Central Florida, as we just finished mentioning, uh, coming off that series loss to South Carolina. I want to see if they can rebound on their home field to take down a very high-potent Florida team that's only lost one game so far this season. Arkansas at Kansas is a little bit of an interesting one. Kansas is actually 16-8 and and having a surprisingly good season. Um, While Arkansas is perfect in SEC play and very much looking the part of a legitimate... um, Sweet 16 team. So I'm intrigued to see if Kansas can take down a ranked opponent in Arkansas. 
And then North Texas at Oklahoma State. I mentioned this uh, game a couple weeks ago got uh, postponed due to rain. They're finally getting to play it tonight. Um, so I'm anxious to see if North Texas uh, can give Oklahoma State trouble. Because clearly Oklahoma State is prone to an upset as of re- as recent results have suggested. So I want to see if the mean green can pull off an upset over the Cowboys. Or excuse me, Cowgirls. And then all the way next week on Tuesday... Liberty plays two uh, games at Tennessee. I am I am actually confident Liberty can beat Tennessee, but I don't think they'll sweep the two-game series. At best, I think it'll be a series split. Uh, that's the best I got there. Virginia Tech travels to you, uh, Virginia to or to Charlottesville to take on Virginia in the reverse match. Um, I also see Virginia Tech winning that matchup just because I had more promise for Virginia this season, but it's not coming to fruition, at least not yet anyway, but I don't think Virginia Tech's the team that you can just play and that it automatically clicks. So I'll take Virginia Tech in both of those games this week. Now on to the series for the week. Starting in the SEC South Carolina at Texas A&M. This is a very intriguing matchup for me. Um, you know, South Carolina at uh, 0-3, Texas A&M at 1-2. Both teams really need this series. Um, I'll go South Carolina takes the series 2-1. I mentioned Louisiana has an interesting uh, series this weekend. They play three games at home against South Alabama. This is a chance for South Alabama to prove that they should be in the top 25 by taking the series with Louisiana. Do I think that will happen? No. I think Louisiana sweeps the series with South Alabama. Despite Louisiana's problems as of late, I think they'll sweep the series at home against uh, South Alabama. I mentioned the Big Twelve is, uh, excuse me, the Big Ten is back this week. Minnesota plays four games at Illinois. I want to see if Illinois can keep up their hot start to the season. Um, and. Honestly, it's just an in, a very good matchup. Minnesota, you got Amber Pfizer on one side, Sydney Sickles. Um, I think Natalie Den Hartog is still at Minnesota. Um, and overall, I just think it's a fantastic matchup. And I'll go for the two-two series split with the, in that series. Baylor at Texas Tech. Big 12 play is starting to begin. This is a big series for both teams. Texas Tech has had problems this very in, with consistency this season. Baylor has the same problem, but at least they're getting more wins out of it. So I'm going to go Baylor 2-1 to one at Texas A&M. Oklahoma at Iowa State. For three games, do I really think Iowa State can win? Can steal a game against Oklahoma? 
I do not. I think Oklahoma sweeps Iowa State. Despite the great Sammy Williams, I think Oklahoma sweeps Iowa State. Mississippi State at Arkansas. I just mentioned (laughs) the, the winless team in the SEC travels to the perfect team in the SEC. I'm going to mark it here down. Mississippi State will win, not the series, but they will win a game at Arkansas. Arkansas will win the series 2-1, but Mississippi State will get their first SEC win this weekend. Michigan at Indiana is another good series we got this weekend. Um, Both teams with winning records so far in Big Ten play. Um, and as much as it, as good as Indiana's done this season, I think Michigan gets the three to one series win at Indiana. <clears throat> Stanford opens their Pac-12 play this weekend at Utah for four games. I think that's a two-two series split. Stanford Utah will split the series two to two. Auburn at Missouri for three games. Both teams are struggling um, in the SEC right now. I'll take Missouri wins two and Missouri goes two and one in that series. Missouri wins the series two to one at home against Auburn. Houston at Central Florida for four games. Um, that's a very intriguing matchup as well because Houston has the ability to take down top 25 teams and Central Florida obviously has that high-flying team. This series is going to be intriguing because Central Florida will also be coming off of this game against Florida tonight. Um, that having been said, I say Central Florida wins the series 3-1. to one. Quite possibly the most intriguing, most interesting series of the weekend. Duke travels to Clemson for four games. And the reason why I say this could be the most interesting is because it's the top two teams in the ACC standings right now. Two programs both in their first four years as a program. I think the newness and the how quickly these teams have become really good is a huge factor in why this series could be the best series of the weekend. Um, and this is an absolute, this is, I mean, you got Peyton St. George, um, Deja Davis on one side, Valerie Cagle. I mean, I'm going to take Clemson to win the series 3-1. to one. I, I, I just like the fact that they're at home and their crowd, albeit not a full pack capacity crowd, leads them to the series win over Duke at home 3-1. to one. I mentioned Tennessee's not playing in the SEC this weekend, but they have two games at home against Troy in a tournament this weekend at home. And, you know, Troy has that mid-major ability to be able to p- compete with and take down 
major programs, I but I don't see that happening. I've got Tennessee in both of those games. Georgia at Ole Miss for three games. I'm going to go Georgia 2-1. to one. Washington at Arizona State for four games. Give me a series split. I'll take two to two on that one. Um, LSU at Florida. Um, I'm going to take Florida two to one. Oklahoma State at Kansas. I mentioned it earlier. I wanted to see if Oklahoma State could rebound in Big 12 play. I think Kansas is the perfect opponent for them to open up with because it's not a team that you would think highly of, but that also could be a negative for them. Um, That having been said, I think Oklahoma State sweeps Kansas three games to zero. Oregon State at Arizona for four games. Give me Arizona in the four-game sweep. Alabama at Kentucky. Oh, that might be the matchup of the weekend. Alabama at Kentucky for three games. Oh, God. Give me Alabama two to one. In the last series of the weekend, UCLA travels uh, to Cal to take on the Golden Bears for four games. Give me a four-game UCLA sweep. I think UCLA is just too powerful for Cal, and it's just going to work against them in the end. So that's everything I have for week seven. I hope I've prepared you enough. Now that March Madness is wrapping up, uh, we're getting into the Sweet 16, the Elite Eights, the Final Fours. Now that that's starting to ramp down, college softball is going to start invading onto ESPNU, ESPN2, ESPN networks now. Um, So you're going to start seeing more softball, college softball on TV, which is fantastic and something you need to take note of moving forward. Um... That having been said, uh, you know, everybody have a good week. Enjoy your week. Watch some softball. Um, Engage with softball. Educate yourself on what's going on in the country for softball. And we'll see you again next Wednesday, and we'll do it all over again for week eight. Hoping to have a lot of changes in the conference standings, having some surprises, some upsets, some, uh, you know, we'll have everything that you could want. Um, So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday with more content. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you then. Good night, and have a great one.